Hello everybody, welcome back to another wonderful edition of the Her in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA, and your free agency doesn't matter because you're not Magic Johnson. I'm joined by none other than my favorite guest, Michael, and today we're going to be discussing all the rabble-rousing going on about who's signing where, you know, the biggest being Paul George, obviously, but we're just going to go down the whole list of of stars and sub-stars and bench players and where they're going, what happened, is it a good fit, and if we have some time, we'll get to some mailbag at the end. But first, we would like to thank Nutrigrain for sponsoring this episode of the Hard in the Paint NBA podcast. You too can enjoy Nutrigrain's soft baked breakfast bars uh, sponsored by Kellogg's. Uh, particularly, my favorite flavor is the apple cinnamon, but you can also get the mixed berry, the strawberry, the blueberry. They have all sorts of flavors for you to choose. And uh, more importantly, it's a great morning snack. You get eight grams of whole grains, uh, as well as a good amount of of uh, protein. You get two grams of protein, uh, 24 grams of carbs, very low cholesterol, very low sodium, and it, it's just a wonderful treat. I prefer of course, the apple cinnamon one with some coffee. It's a nice combination. Uh, so visit uh, kellogg's.com slash Nutrigrain slash Harden the Paint for your discount code of five bars free when you order 100 bars or more. That's uh, kellogg's.com slash Nutrigrain slash Harden the Paint for five bars free off your order of 100. And now let's hop right into the free agency uh, of course it's still going on a little bit but there's plenty of news to talk about plenty of exciting things for the future of the nba hopefully to match the excitement of the la lebron lakers so let's start with paul george and perhaps the biggest surprise of free agency he stayed with the oklahoma city thunder and his new tag team partner russell Westbrook. For $137 million over four years. A uh, very long term contract. And of course, this leads to OKC's present day problem of being over the cap and then now likely mellow leaving, uh, as is the news of the day. But what do you think about Paul George right now? Well, mellow can now dine on those Nutrigrain bars, man. So. Got his fat contract, and he can uh, supplement it with his fat ass body. Um, it's it's kind of weird, right? Paul George. Everyone kind of expected he would make the move to the Lakers. That was a big thing last year. You know, not this prior season, but the year before. Um, basically forced his trade out from Indiana, and then it was kind of a foregone conclusion that um, he would, you know, sign that free agent spot in LA. Um, you know, kind of similar to the Kawhi situation um, outside of the immediate injury. You know, I guess the two big things are he doesn't want to be with LeBron James. Because Russell Westbrook. I mean, kind of weird. Um, you know, it's it's not like you're going to get that many touches with Russ and his ball handling. I mean, you know, you didn't go to a pass first point guard or somebody that's going to make you the de facto star on a team so you know what what's, what's your thoughts on him choosing russ over lebron it sounds like he wants 
he likes that tandem role. He, he doesn't like having all the weight on his shoulders. You know, there was maybe a year and a half period in Indiana where it was like, you're the star, Paul George. You carry us on offense and defense. But I don't think he likes always it having to come down to him in the last few seconds of a close game and shoot a game winner or something similar. I think that's yeah. why he stuck there. But then you're sticking with Russ, I'm going to shoot 45 shots in a closeout game, <laughs> Westbrook. So maybe he went to the other extreme. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Paul George, it's, you know, he's kind of like the forward version of Clay Thompson, where it's like, you know, pretty offensive, um, elite talent, pretty good defensive player, you know, basically two-way player, right? Like, I mean, he's probably top four two-way players in the league right now. Um, you know, assuming Kawhi is 100% when he comes back. And, you know, that's that's a pretty good complimentary piece. I mean, that's like 0-1 Kobe. Um, that's a really good sidekick to have on a team. And I, I think you're right. I think he kind of shied away from the idea of expectations a little bit and the pressure. Um, obviously, LA, bigger market, you got LeBron. And as we've seen, even like in a small market like Cleveland, the cameras are always on that team. Um, you know, we, we talked about it last week a little bit, and that is the conspiracy bill of the Lakers potentially having tampered the shit out of this deal and Adam Silver doing a behind-the-back move and saying, no, you can't go there. And so then Paul was like, well, I don't want to go anywhere else. I might as well stay here and say, screw it. I'm here for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, I guess another kind of, you know, obvious tampering situation was Chris Paul in Houston. Uh, signed for $160 million over four years. You know, I think he's 32, 33 years old now. So, you know, by the time he turns 37, he's going to be paid over $40 million. That's kind of insane. That seemed kind of like a, one of those wink, wink kind of deals from last summer. You know, I mean that that has to be obvious tampering, right? It, it definitely feels like it, but it also, I'm I'm everyone's saying you can't give this guy this amount of money, and he just screwed the team over because now they can't afford Clint Capella or they can't afford a Trevor Reza replacement. And yeah. they, they seem to have a good point right now. I, I mean, my biggest issue with giving him that kind of money is not that he's not worth it. Um, he definitely is. I mean, he should have been an MVP in 2008, you know, possible NBA champion in 2015. But it kind of has this tangent where he's 33 years old. And we've kind of seen this with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo um, with Real Madrid. You know, he's also 33 and he basically is now at Juventus. And so it's, you know, when an athlete gets to that, like, 33, 34 age range, I mean, you can't expect the production to be that high. So I think it's a bad deal just in the fact that he's going to be, like, mid-30s with $40 million a year. Yeah, that last year, that contract's going to feel real bad. Especially with, you know, his history of injury problems. It's also not, you know, certain that Harden's going to stay around. You know, if I was him, I, I wouldn't 
I would start looking back to, um, you know, what's he from? He's from L.A., right? Uh, I don't know. He went, to, he went to Arizona State, so he's probably around there. I mean, Lakers? That's not a bad idea. All I'm saying is a lot can change in a year. Yeah, I mean, I just, the Chris Paul thing, it's so weird. This is, you know, how long is Mike D'Antoni going to be there? You know, he kind of ran those mid-2000s Suns team into the ground. Obviously, he basically ran Amari, Stoudemire, and Carmelo into the ground. I think his, you know, this this pace that he plays at, I don't know if Chris Paul can keep doing it at the age of 33, 34, 35, 36. A lot of pounding on those knees. I think even if their team had stayed the same, I think we would have just said that they were they were going to be worse this year. Yeah, I mean, off of age. Yeah, I mean, maybe they bring in a guy like Mello and you know just go all in on the isolation plays. I don't know. I don't think Mello and D'Antoni mix very well. I don't think they did in New York. I don't think they're going to mix well now. What do you think about the mix between Jeremy Grant? Signing an extension with OKC, twenty-seven million over three years. You know, I really like this guy. He's like a good like seventh man. You know who I kind of uh, I always kind of pair these two in my mind: Jeremy Grant and Nerlens Noel. That's an oh. interesting pairing. Good, good, good seven eight like super lengthy athletic, like. You know, almost glue guy type rotation that can't get you any offense. Yeah, and I mean, Nerlens Noel also signed with OKC, taking the uh, one year minimum. How but, far I mean, he has fallen! Holy smokes! I mean, honestly, OKC might actually get better on defense. You you bring in Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel, bring back Andre Robertson, and you shed Melo. I'm not against Nerlens Noel on this team. Like, I feel like it fixes their quick center problem like because they basically pay mellow at the four which is like a huge mistake but he's too slow to guard a three anymore but he gets switched on every time or every other time and then you can have nerlands rotate over a lot faster because steven adams isn't the fastest guy in the book like let's be let's be honest but he does a good job yeah i think okc is kind of doubling down on the whole like length I don't know if it's really a style. It's almost like Memphis light. Well, it feels a lot like to me, like, you know, there was maybe a two month period last year where we all thought, you know, OKC fully healthy. You know, they were like third seed in the West. They were killing games. Like it looked looked like like everything was clicking. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, (laughs) I think Melo goes out for a little bit and then Roberson goes out. And they just never quite get the groove back. So, so do you think maybe it's just a chemistry problem? Or do you think there still needs to be some roster moves for OKC? I feel like they're going to lose Melo. I don't know how they replace him. Or how, like, you know, they don't really have another power forward. They have Patrick Patterson, but I don't know if he's starter material anymore. You know who would be really good on this team? Um, not that they could afford him, but... Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel. Uh, who else am I missing? 
Andre Roberson. Oh, Andre Roberson. That's a that's a pretty solid rotation. You're missing Ray Felton too. Oh, <laughs> the original fat ass of the league. <laughs> Hey, he actually played pretty good last year, surprisingly. I, I can't do Ray Felton, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, he's... How old is that guy? He's got to be, like, as old as Chris Paul, right? Like, uh, I mean, wasn't he on that, like, shitty Chapel Hill team from, like, 05? Where it's like, they they all won the title or something, so they all got that, like, huge uh, draft bump. Like, Marvin yeah. Williams and Sean May and... Mm-hmm. Gross. All right, but in, 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 in other fat ass news, uh, DeAndre Jordan finally decided to go over <laughs> to the Mavericks and and please Mark Cuban's wet dreams. So he has signed a twenty four million one year contract, and you know this is a problem Dallas has probably had ever since that championship team with Tyson Chandler. They really haven't had a competent center. Yeah, and this is their one chance at doing it again yeah this is dallas going all in i mean if there was ever a time to hop on the mavs bandwagon this would be the year this is like i'm go all ahead bored. And, uh, yeah dude I'm, I'm i'm all about buying some mavs stock right now i like this team you know deandre jordan 30 years old he's probably only gonna have i think two to three years left he's a big man and I mean, typically big men don't get bigger with age. Like they don't get better. And he's obviously like a kind of like a hybrid old school big. You know, he can have that athleticism, but he's definitely not a guy that you can keep on the floor in crunch time. So it might it might be enough to get him into the playoffs. We'll see. Yeah, I think this is a playoff push idea. It's like, all right, we got Trade it up for Luca. We got we got DeAndre. You know, maybe we can make the eighth seed. Yeah, this seems like one of those like we want to rebuild ASAP and get back in the playoffs. You know, kind of. It like might Phoenix. be Dirk's last ride too. Maybe they're like, we're gonna get Dirk one more playoff run, and then we'll Ooh. let him ride into the sunset. That's a good point. What, what do you think Dirk's gonna do afterwards? You think he's gonna remain like on the Mavs staff? I and, feel like he's like... a Lajuan kind of role for like Houston. Maybe he's like a shooting coach for Dallas, or maybe he like goes and owns a soccer team somewhere. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. Uh, so Phoenix also kind of doing the same thing. Um, pretty active in the draft, and now they're turning to free agency. They picked up Trevor Ariza for fifteen million on a one year. Um, basically plucked him off the Rockets team. I mean, this kind of has implications both ways for Phoenix and Houston. This is the weirdest move, I think. Not in like it doesn't make sense, but like how did why so much? Yeah, well, why so much? But also like I think most people thought in the playoffs like Ariza was a pretty critical part of that team. Yeah, but I think I think this is another one where it's like age. It's like he's thirty three, thirty four, I think, and he's been around for a long time. He was on those like Kobe, he was on the Kobe Saul teams, yeah. yeah, and. I mean, at the same time, if Phoenix is going to pay $15 million, there's no way Houston could have matched that. That's true. Maybe they're looking, so they're like, all right, we want a 3&D kind of veteran presence in the locker room, can, can teach Devin Booker a little bit, can teach TJ a little bit, works well with Aiton. Yeah, I like this move for Phoenix. I just don't know if he's worth 15 Like... Well, it's a one-year deal, so... Yeah, it's 
a good point. I mean, eight, that kind of eight to ten million. That's like a really good deal, which is un, you know things we haven't really said of Phoenix lately. If anything, you know, it's like all right, we weren't going to get any free agents this summer, anyways. So let's just get one guy, and we'll be you know the tenth seed in the West, maybe. Ooh, yeah. I mean, Phoenix is going to try, and I mean, the West is just going to be hellacious. It's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, everybody but Sacramento, right? Sacramento and... Maybe Memphis? Like, I mean, Memphis is definitely going to try, but Sacramento is like the only team that basically doesn't have a chance, right? Yeah, I think that's the only one everyone's chalking up to a zero-sum. It's like Sacramento is... (laughs) Might just get the worst record in the league next year. Yeah, I mean, these free agents, you know, I know it's still early. We were only like a week and a half in, 10 days in, whatever. Um, A lot of the free agency is happening out in the West. Um, You know, we're kind of seeing this trend of player migration. um, Yeah, you would have thought that everybody would have gone to the East with LeBron gone. Yeah, like that's that's what I think is... uh, I don't know if it's because the the salary cap is still really tight for most teams. We're in, you know, t- summer of 2019. It's going to be kind of that big year where you might see a lot of the East teams make a push, like the Nets and the Knicks uh, and Boston. Um, but, I mean, another guy that, you know, has gone from East to West, Marco Bellinelli, um, going back to San Antonio. The return oh, continues. Yes. 12 million over two years. You know, this makes a lot of sense if, um, you know, you lose Tony Parker to Charlotte just a couple of days afterward. I think, I don't think Bellinelli is on a long-term deal with the Sixers, though, but I did really like him on that team. They used him really well. Yeah, it's kind of sad, though, like, Bellinelli, J.J. Redick? Oh, that's a that's a really nice uh, shooting combo. Yeah, Throwing it's... Kyle Korver? Oh, it's amazing because oh, you man. can just you can just keep running the same sets the whole game. Yeah, and like, what if uh, Philly had picked up Kyle Korver? You could add Korver, Bellinelli, JJ Redick. Oh, even that just throw back to the confetti game. If Bellinelli was like three inches back, that, would, that could have changed the whole playoffs. Could have changed Good the finals. Point. Good point, man. He saw Ray Allen do it to him in 2013 and thought he could like <laughs> revamp it. Yeah. That was the right. bang shot for the Sixers. So, Bellinelli comes in. Cody Parker leaving. Kind of kind of a shock, I think. I think that might be one of the more surprising uh, deals out there. And it's not even like a super great deal. It's $10 million for two years playing back up to Kemba. I doubt they're going to ever play him simultaneously. Uh, maybe crunch time? I mean, I, I, crunch time is not a bad not bad together, but I mean, I mean that's like last two three minutes of the game. I don't think um, Charlotte really needed another point guard though. Like I know they didn't have a great yeah. backup, but it's like, is Tony really what you want right now? I mean, ooh. I mean it's kind of funny, right? Because like San Antonio doesn't really have a point guard, right? Dejounte Murray, I think is their point Patty guard. Patty Mills technically, Patty but Mills. he's really a shooting guard. Yeah, so I mean they don't really have like their guard is their guard positions are basically. Um, very shallow and it's kind of sad to see like tony parker like leave san antonio you know it's like duncan him and ginobili right so it's like we kind of expected those three guys and pop to 
end it with the Spurs, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe he's just trying to uh, get out of San Antonio so he doesn't get busted for texting a wife of a teammate again. <laughs> That's the ultimate conspiracy so far. But speaking of jokes, the jokester himself, Jokic, signing a huge deal with Denver, and rightly so for how he's played the past couple of years, $148 million for five years. Definitely a lock-in, max, all-in type deal. I like this move for Denver. In a place like Denver, the only time you're ever going to be good is if you can draft well. Right? Like, before the Jokic era, the only other time Denver was relevant was when they had Melo, who they drafted. And then maybe that, like, small window when AI and, like, Chauncey Billups and kind of these, like, weird free agents kind of came through. But you're at Denver. Um, I think it's a good move. I think you have to invest in the guy. You were a fringe playoff team, you know, one game behind Minnesota. And now you're basically going for it with Jokic and also Will Barton on a $50 million deal. Um, I'm a little shocked by the Will Barton one. I think it was more of a let's make sure we keep him type deal, and maybe he's a locker room guy. I don't know. But $50 million over four years seems like a lot for what he gives you, especially if Porter winds up playing at minutes at all. I, I think it's one of those where we're we're gonna pay him for the upside and just hope that you know by paying him that gives him the incentive to turn his upside into like tangible gameplay. Uh kinda has that vibe to it. Like I, I can see it in Will Barton of being a you know twelve, thirteen, twelve and a half million dollar guy. I just you know, maybe he's just one of those guys that's like, if you give me the money, then I'll produce, as opposed to producing and then i'll get paid kind of thing i i don't know i think it's a great year to to be on the denver stock train as well like denver and dallas i'm riding this year yeah but i mean the ultimate let's go in and bet on this team has to be the golden state warriors right kevin durant one-on-one -on -one deal 61 six, yeah 61 and a half million crazy what do, you, what do you think about Kevin Durant signing a one-on-one -one deal when Paul George just signed a four-year deal, LeBron just signed a four-year deal? Oh, he's going to go over to the East next year, 100%. He has to, right? He has to hop. I mean, think about it. You take your three feet, and then you go to the Knicks? You go to the Knicks with Kyrie and Porzingis, and you... Jimmy Butler? Yeah, and then you <laughs> win the East, and then you play against LeBron. Oh, man, that'd be, that'd be insane. I mean, that's what's up for grabs right now is like some New York legacy. 2020, dude. Knicks 2020, man. I'm all about that Trump bump. Or maybe you go to the Bulls somehow. Ooh, the Bulls. That's kind of interesting. Well, you know who did just sign a deal with the Bulls? Zach Levine. 80 million, four years. Yeah. Sacramento did, uh, did throw out the offer and then Chicago matched it. I think that was a sneaky deal by Sacramento. I think they knew Chicago was going to match in. They just, they just upbid Chicago on purpose. Try to get rid of a competitor. A tanking competitor? Maybe, yeah. So, I mean, Zach Levine, in, you know, injury year. Um, 
how do you think he comes out this this year well he was in those games around his injury he was looking pretty good but the other upside was it gave chris dunn a lot of playing time and people actually really like him too so i don't know if they really can afford to play both together since neither are like knockdown three-point shooters what position would you put zach levine on on that chicago team you'd have to play him too right you know that's kind of what I was thinking. I just—it's so weird to like think about that Chicago lineup with uh, Lowry, Markinen, Wendell Carter, now Zach Levine, Chris Dunn. It's like it's like good young talent individually. I don't really know if that team meshes together, but maybe Zach Levine and. Here's, I think, where the money might actually pay off with Zach Levine in Chicago. Is The big thing with Derrick Rose was that he just wasn't able to stay healthy with his athleticism. And, I mean, Zach Levine's no Derrick Rose, but he kind of gives you 70% of what Derrick Rose gave you on offense. It's, I think the game is a little comparable. I think Zach Levine's obviously a better three-point shooter. And... His dunks are vicious, so that's really fun to watch. But uh, who's their small forward? Uh, they lost the other Grant. It's like they have no small forward, right? Yeah, I mean, I small forward spot is a hard spot to do in the league, though. I mean, we've seen that a lot. Like, Because essentially, your small forward has to be able to play small ball, so basically a two, but also sometimes play against a power forward in a mismatch. I'm saying someone's going to go to Chicago next year. Yeah, I think Chicago is one of those teams that is going to be out of the picture this year, but maybe after that, they kind of start crawling their way back in. Um, mm-hmm. Still not a fan of the coach, but... Yeah, I don't wonder how long it is before he's fired. I give him two years. Unless they come out of the gates and they start out like... 2 and 12 or something. Unless they're planning on tanking. I don't actually know. Chicago's kind of a weird spot. Not a lot going on last couple of years since the Jimmy Butler trade. The Dwayne Wade thing didn't really work out. The Rondo thing didn't work. Yeah, it seems like kind of a lost lost city right now. And I think it needs to kind of find itself. But, um, you know, another place that has embodied the process, Philadelphia. Um, no Bellinelli, Ilias Sova has gone back to Milwaukee on 21 million three year deal. Uh, so their perimeter shooting a little lackluster, but they uh did re sign JJ on a bit of a cheaper deal at 12 and a half million. Again, I'm a fan. I mean, he was their leading scorer last year, and all of those were off of set plays, really. Yeah, I mean, that Philly team, if you're gonna lose Bellinelli and Ilias Sova. You have to keep Reddick. Um, ben Simmons can't shoot yet. Markel Fultz seems to have forgotten. Joel Embiid is definitely an interior guy. You need a floor spacer. So um, are we still? Uh, are, where are we on the Fultz watch? Are we on the? Uh, I've, he's been pretty much invisible here the past couple weeks. I'm. I like Fultz. I think he's a lot like Lonzo, where it's kind of like if you. Give him some player development. You can see a lot out of him. You know, I think, like, being a number one pick, 
uh, comes with the expectation that you're going to be good, like, straight away. Um, and that works for some guys like LeBron, Ben Simmons, um, you know, like Anthony Davis, right? But other guys who go number one need, like, two to three years. Um, and I think he's one of those kind of guys. I, th- I still believe in Fultz. I think he's a, if nothing else, he's a really good trade asset. I've heard I've heard good things about it recently where his shots starting to look better from inside sources, but I'm I'm still not sold. I'm thinking maybe he averages like seven, three and three next year or something stupid. Yeah, I mean I guess it's it's kinda hard to look at Fultz when you have like a guy like Donovan Mitchell, um where it's like Fultz basically came into the league and kind of fell apart. Almost like he just didn't know what was going on almost. And then you have Donovan Mitchell just like comes in and he's like, oh man, this guy's like already like the best player in Utah. Like he looks like he's been there for like four or five years. Um, he looks playoff ready. And then you have like Fultz who's like, this guy even in shape? What's with his arm? What's with his shoulder? What's Mr. With his Chick-fil-A. Head? You know, the funny thing is though, <laughs> is that Philly crowd and, and even the Boston crowd were just head over heels in love with Fultz every time he got minutes. Like, I, oh my god, like, I would at least put him in that, like, last couple minutes of that game I mean, seven. He, he did look good in the playoffs. Like, in the few game, in the few minutes that he played in the playoff series uh, against Miami and Boston, he looked really, like, good. Like, he looked good. Like, clear starter. I just think he needs to figure it out. Like, uh, it's kind of frustrating. I hope he, I hope it turns out for him. Um, so Ilya Sova in at the Bucks. Is this not a return as well? Wasn't he on the Bucks a couple years ago? Oh yeah, he definitely was. Uh, so yeah, he's journeyman goes home as well. What do you think about for twenty one million though? That's a lot. But they need a floor spacing center. Like that's something they need so bad. Yeah, that's that's what it screams. It screams like we just need a player to fill this specific role so we're just gonna pay just to guarantee that um, i think he's also a secretly good locker room guy Ooh, that's kind of interesting i didn't think about that what's all right so the bucks east is open Giannis is a guy that can probably you know outright win you a first round series i mean he took the boston celtics to a game seven who then, I mean, obviously took LeBron to a game seven. So, you know, the book, the Bucks are kind of there. Jabari's still kind of a wild card. Malcolm Brogdon, like, what's going on with this team? I think Jabari's this, totally this, on the way out. I, I just want to see him kind of like in a Ronnie Hood context where it's like, can I see him play well somewhere else? Because I don't think it's going to work here. Yeah, I feel like the, I think that's part of the problem is back when he first came in, I don't feel like, you know, Jason Kidd was the coach at the time, and they didn't really utilize him and Giannis, like, well together. Yeah, I think the Giannis thing threw that Bucks like, organization through a loop. I don't think they realized what they actually had in Giannis. Right. Just, like, Jabari was, Jabari is clearly going to be the face of the franchise, and then it's, like, Giannis gets better. Giannis gets even better. Giannis gets even better. 
and now he's like you know it's like how do we imagine this guy not on you know <laughs> yeah he's the and cover think, athlete for 2k yeah, now <laughs> yeah it's like i think jabari's got to go somewhere else um he's a chicago guy chicago needs a small forward and jabari played the three though i mean can Melo play the three <laughs> All right, good point. <laughs> I'm saying uh, they need a body there, and he would fit the bill. He'd be a hometown hero. Meh. So, uh, so Bucks, are are you buying in? Are, a new coach in uh, Budenholzer? Um, I am confident they will be Eastern Conference Finals. No, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say I was going to say they're going to be the fifth seed for oh. certain. If if they don't make Eastern Conference Finals uh, this year or like this season or the next season, I think Giannis' contract is up at the end of 2021. Does he walk away? Yes. Where's his brother at right now? Because his brother just got drafted. Uh, uh... Drafted by Philly, and then he was traded out to Dallas, I think? That's right. Dallas has him now. What could Dallas be doing in 2021? They have DSJ, Luka. Giannis <laughs> really likes Luka. You get Giannis in to replace Dirk. Got... They somehow trade for Mo Bamba in all that spare time. <laughs> and you've got the ultimate, like, like, young guys of the 2020s. The other way I see it is uh, Golden State, a uh, couple of years, they don't have Kevin Durant. They don't have Clay, They don't have Draymond. They got an old Steph Curry. Do they possibly try and go and get Anthony Davis and Giannis? I don't think, I don't think that works, but yeah, sure, they'll go for it. I don't think that'll actually come to anything, though. I don't know. I want to. I want to pass up the idea of Giannis and Anthony Davis being on the same team, same teams, uh, in three to four years. Speaking of people being on the same team, <laughs> um, so our favorite hairstylist, Alfred Payton, is on the now New Orleans Pelicans as a, I guess, a Rondo replacement for two point seven million for a one year deal. And then Julius Randle, the former best player on the Lakers, is now on that team as well and is getting $18 million for two years as, I guess, the kind of boogie replacement. Um, so I'm a fan of the Randle. I'm not, I don't think anyone's a fan of Alfred Payton right now. No, I think this team, with those two roster moves, gets better in the regular season. I think it opens the door for Anthony Davis' MVP year. Um, but I do think it makes them worse if they get into the playoffs. The one upside, though, that I do like about the Alfred Payton deal is now Drew Holiday can play a two-guard, which is, like, so much better for him, I think. That's a good point. Uh, you got Julius Randle, Miritich, Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis is going to and your four is going to be the minutes are going to be split between Randall and Miritich? I think you play Miritich with Davis and you take Randall off the bench for at least like the first 
couple games. And then matchup-wise, maybe you switch that around. But I think Randall's a better playmaker and a worse three-point shooter than Miritich, so you want the floor spacing there. Or you could play, so... like, some Mega Tall Ball and put Randall at the three. <laughs> oh, that'd be actually kind of sick. <laughs> He's like LeBron size, right? Like, it should work. I would see that in, like, just, like, a random, like, Thursday night kind of game. It's like a like one of those like TNT Thursday night games where it's like uh, the Shaq and Barkley at halftime are just like you know just loving it up. Uh, so did New Orleans get better? You know, this is like you know, it kind of feels a lot like Houston, where it's like they're kind of making these like semi-lateral moves, but I don't know if it's yeah. Yeah. So I think New Orleans made the best out of a bad role, I guess, with the boogie injury and then Rondo going. I personally would have rather seen Rondo stay somehow, but I don't I don't know if he got a better offer or what, what happened there, but I, I was a fan of how Rondo-Holiday-Davis combo was really clicking in the playoffs. It was amazing. Rondo has, for the last two, three years, um, basically just been kind of like an only playoff kind of guy where it's like you don't really want to play him in the regular season because he can't really play defense and he's kind of old but you definitely would want him in a playoff game like we saw that with the uh, Chicago and Boston series like two years ago where uh, Bo- Chicago goes up like 2-0 against yeah, the Celtics he's a definitely a playoff guy like it is amazing yeah, you know he knows like every freaking play in the playbook yeah he's like an ultimate x fan 2010 finals rondo was probably the best player for boston maybe even on the core in 2010 like rondo's like you know not really a superstar but definitely like one of those like or just sidekick kind of guys. Yeah, he would be like your ultimate. Like, if you had a good team already and then you added Rondo and it wasn't going to cause a locker room issue, like, I'd be like, yeah. oh, that team just got a lot better than the way it looks. Well, you know, Ian Clark is also thrown into this New Orleans team as well. Uh, I think he signed like a one year vet minimum, 1.6 million. So you also have Ian Clark. Um, maybe the combination of Peyton and Ian Clark. Offsets the Rondo thing? Wasn't Ian Clark was on the team last year. He just re-upped. Was he? I thought yeah. he was on Golden State. Was he not? On no, he lost. He he left Golden State after uh, the loss year. Ah uh, man, sucks for that dude. Uh, uh so Portland also up their backcourt, and they got Seth Curry. Yeah, welcome, Splash Brother. Now we have the secondary splash team. How uh, small is that backcourt? <laughs> like, it's pretty bad, but it you know they have Napier is their smallest, I think, and then Lillard, and then McCollum, <laughs> and then I think Seth's the tallest, and he's only like uh, six four. Six three, <laughs> a tall six three at the best. He's like small ball, crazy. Especially if you have Zach Collins as your five. I mean, that's like ultimate small ball. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the heck Portland's going to do. It's like, they got to do 
everyone else in the West changed and they basically stayed the same. Like I don't I don't know if Seth Curry is really like Steph levels yet. Yeah. I mean they also uh re-signed Nurkic to a uh, four year deal, um twelve million a year. I am not so, convinced that's a good deal. Yeah, that's has it's one of those where it's like I'm a little skeptical, but if it turns out pretty good, I'm not going to be totally surprised. It's one of those like really on the fence kind of deal. It feels a lot like this team and I guess OKC were like, and even I guess Utah at this point were like, all right, we got some crazy matchups. Let's roll the dice and try again. Even Denver, it's like, you know, that season kind of went a little crazy in some regards. So maybe they're like, all right, if we roll the dice again, Maybe we'll get a better outcome this time. Yeah, I think in the West, you know, Golden State, Houston have to be the top two teams. Um, after that, you have OKC, Utah, Denver, Portland, and New Orleans. And I think all those five teams are thinking if we can just exploit something in the matchup game, we can knock off Houston. Maybe not Golden State, but we can like knock off Houston in the second round, and then it's like, oh boy, we're in the Western Conference Finals. Like, who would have figured? So, speaking of Utah, Utah re-upped Derek Favors and Dante Exum, and I am in favor of Favors. He's a great power forward for that team. Uh, They really needed a power forward. Some people were thinking Kevin Love might end up there somehow. And then they still believe in Dante Exum as the sort of second guard, defensive-minded type of guy. And honestly, I think they're just satisfied with Donovan Mitchell. Like, where's his shoe deal? I need to see that right now. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of, if they hadn't picked up Derek Favors again, getting Kevin Love in there, I think Kevin Love would fit that system perfectly. And Um, he's white. He gets to play with a... Well, he gets to play with a five. It's a lot of a, it's a much slower pace. He gets taken out of the limelight, right? It's like that was a big thing with being in Cleveland next LeBron. It's like when they didn't win, it's Kevin Love's fault. It's Kevin Love's fault. And like Kevin Love can go back to playing like his natural position. Um so, you know, kind of like with what Denver were doing with Jokic, it's kind of like one of those we just kinda gotta go in on this guy. Um, Dante Exum is still pretty young, I think. Like, I think he's under the age of 25. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, like, his his ceiling is, like, a Manu Ginobili late 2000s kind of thing, where it's, like, he's the sixth man who gets that fire going off the bench. But He'll if get you, you a 14 him, and 3 and 3 somehow every yeah, game. Yeah, but he can also play in crunch time. Like, I mean, not really in this lineup because you have Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio, but he's a guy that, like, you know, I mean, that that's his ceiling. His ceiling is Manu Chilby. Um, So, Utah, third best team in the West right now? I'm going to say four because I'm on the Denver hype train. <laughs> Denver is going to shoot up from ninth to, four, to third, in your opinion. Yeah. Is Paul Millsap coming back? I think Porter Jr. is going to play some serious minutes. Oh, I totally forgot about Michael Porter Jr. They lost Wilson Chandler, by the way. 
what what if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't even play his first year though? Like that might be a then I'm he might do like a Blair Griffin kind of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna he might be the rookie of the year next year. By next year, I mean the year after. Uh, that. I mean he got Colin Sexton. Oh. No, 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 no. Been next year's hard. draft. Next year's draft rookie of the year. Oh. Michael Porter Jr. Oh, I got you. That's not bad. I would take a bet on that. I think. To your son? Yeah. He pulls a Ben Simmons. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who would come out of the draft. All right, so next up on the list is Avery Bradley re-upping in Clipper territory. So if you haven't missed it, you probably did, but uh, the Clippers are back to the good old mid-2000s years of we are ready for Maggette. It's amazing. Uh, I'm yeah, going to watch Brand, some serious bro. Clippers games. It's going to be amazing. So the Clippers are basically like in that kind of 7 to 12 range in the West? 7 to 11 range in the West, maybe? I could see this team being the 8th seed somehow. They just have enough like randomly okay to good players that aren't yeah. great that it could work out some well, somehow. Well, they have a Huge log jam at the guard position. Um, but probably the best thing the Clippers have done all offseason was relieving Doc Rivers of his GM position and giving that to Jerry West. And trading Austin Rivers? Well, that's just because Jerry West has taken over as a GM. Oh, right, right. So I think that actually this team is, I think, kind of bottomed out after the CB3 Blake Griffin, DeAndre era. And I think we're going to see them kind of back to normal Clippers basketball, kind of just. Um, they also did pick up today uh, Maba Mute from Houston. A return, return home for him. I mean, that's a pretty good 3 and D kind of guy. I'm, I'm excited about it because Wesley Johnson's not good. And it fits the Clippers mold of above average, but still mediocre player. Yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of thought with the loss of Trevor Reza in Houston, it'd be excellent for Maba Mute to come in. Um, Obviously, he's coming off an injury year, but I think he better version of Trevor Reza um, at this stage of his career. But Houston lost him too. So, I mean... Do the Clippers basically put the nail in the coffin for Houston? Is that title window closed? I that's a very real probability. I don't think it's closed, but I think it's I think Houston has worse odds than the Lakers to win the title. But Houston did pick up Michael Carter Williams. Stolen, in fact. Stole a former rookie of the year. A former triple-double title belt winner. I remember the the first game this guy played against right after that LeBron championship. Freaking triple-double yeah. wins the game as like, yeah, oh my God, it was amazing. And then his career's just been downhill from there ever since. Yeah, this seems like one of those guys where it's like, man, this guy was really good in college, but he can't really translate his game over. And like he kind of did that first year, but it's it's like uh like 
like Doug McDermott. Doug like, McDermott man, why is now on Indiana with Tyreek Evans, who I think that's a sneaky good upgrade for that team with Lance gone. I do too. I like this Indiana team. I think sleeper Eastern Conference Finals. I'm on that. I think they're a sleeper like Dark Horse East. Yeah, I, I'm, I could buy some Indiana stock. Cool. I'm liking those too. But I another like team you could Larry buy Legend, stock man. in if you were crazy is the Washington <laughs> Wizards. They have yeah, now signed boy. a 50 year old Jeff Green and Dwight Howard with no vertebrae. So they have fixed their front court. Yeah, they fixed uh, Gortat leaving and they fixed the Morris guy. Um, boy, this is going to be amazing if it works, but it's has a very high chance of just totally collapsing. Uh, if this team takes the number two seed in the East, Scott Brooks, coach of the year, right? I think if they get, like, top three, they're coach of the year material. This is, like... That, like, Washington and Toronto are the two teams where it's like, man, why can't they just figure it out in the playoffs? And it looked really close for Washington, like, a couple of years ago. They had, like, rivalry with the Celtics, and they, like, you know, they would dress up, like, in black suits and funeral, like, type atmosphere and all this other stuff. And took them to a Game 7. And then it just, it seems like it's falling apart. Absolutely. So I think... I think we'll be lucky to see these guys get out of the first round, but I think both this team and the and the Raptors team are like, you're going to get a good seven-game series in your first-round matchup, and after that, it's going to be a 4-0 sweep. So, I don't know, Washington, second, second round of the playoffs? If they're lucky. I think the thing with Washington is if they don't start well, like if they don't come out of the gates with like a you know, 10-2, 10-3 type of start, this could go south real quickly. I'd look for some trade deadline material here with them or the Raptors. Not a bad idea. Um, Speaking of trade deadlines, yeah. <laughs> Philly uh, has signed Amir Johnson and uh, Bialica as as sort of their... Another kind of space the floor, small forward Euro guy, and a respectable backup power forward, maybe to take some minutes off Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think it's one of those where you just got to give Joel Embiid um, some minutes off just so you can save him with injuries. And I think Amir Johnson just kind of, it's just kind of a body. Um, it's also it does, oh sorry yeah it does keep flexible all right they're not only the cap stuff's flexible but if they ever wanted to make a trade these are two like semi decent ad additional players to add on and then uh, uh, you think that might sweeten the deal for a Kawhi? well like, one's a Euro guy so that's good um, <laughs> maybe throw in Fultz. It's what is Kawhi even worth? I mean, gosh, no one's seen him play in like six months. Like, does the dude even have legs anymore? I mean, 
it's it's kind of like uh well i mean I don't, yeah it's kind of like derrick rose right he signed another one-year deal in minnesota and it's like you know everyone really hoped derrick rose would come back and he never really did it and now it's kind of sad except in this one playoff series he actually played pretty good and i was amazed i loved it i was like he oh did. my gosh derrick rose is earning his money this year well i mean his money is like almost vet minimum <laughs> i mean what if he's just like like a only playoffs player that will guarantee get you like 10 points a game just slashing so rondo but instead of assists it's scoring and not starting but yeah or like a Dwayne wade like who would you rather have right now Derek Dwayne wade they basically have comparable bodies right now which is really sad Yeah, okay, so uh, Burke Lopez is also <laughs> on the Bucks. Another a surprisingly good three-point shooter for how big he is. So good good uh, choice with Ilyasova as well. You can do this tandem big men three-point shooting, spacing the floor. Bad news is they're both really slow. Um, I yeah, think it's a good got... move, though, because he wasn't going to get minutes in L.A. anyways. I think it's one of those, uh, if you need to, like you were saying with Philly, it's like, if we have to package this guy into something, somebody's going to want him. Yeah, maybe back to Brooklyn. Maybe he goes to... I don't know. If that... Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like what Giannis really needs is, is Chris Middleton to keep developing um, and then just a three-point shooter, like a knockdown three-point shooter, like a Kyle Korver. A guy that is probably going to get moved here in the coming days, along with Kevin Love. Yeah, Cleveland's been kind of quiet. Um, surprisingly, nobody's heard of J.R. Smith yet. Yeah, I wonder why. Do you think uh, Washington should have rolled the dice and tried to get Thompson instead of Jeff Green, Dwight Howard? No. I like I like the uh, <laughs> I like the all other small forward in there. I like you know if this team existed like and everybody was in their primes, it'd be a really damn good team. But it's like ten years too late on half of these players. Uh, I mean John Wall. You know I don't know how much. You know, he's going to start losing his athleticism and, and he doesn't really have a shot. Or defense. Bradley Beal is still really good. I just... Bradley Beal needs to go somewhere else. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is... Okay, so you got, you got you know... You got uh, John Wall here. He's going to feed the big man. Dwight Howard loves being fed. He's going to get like... He's going to have like multiple 20-20 games this year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, assuming, you know, everyone's healthy and all that stuff. But I think you do need to ship Bradley Beal out, even though he is probably your best player to keep. But it's like nothing's working here, and he's your best trade value too. All right, so Washington is trying to fix its locker room chemistry problems with Dwight Howard. What if they go and head case in Kyle Lowry? You flip Lowry and Beal. I like that for Toronto. I think DeRozan 
pretty solid combination. And I like the fact that Kyle Lowry and Dwight Howard and John Wall might actually get into a fight. I don't think you can have your best three players all show up overweight to game one. So I'm going to veto that trade right now. You think they're making the playoffs? You think if it's Kyle Lowry, John Wall, Dwight Howard, they're making the playoffs? No, overweight to the first game of the season. (laughs) They'll be in shape by all-star break. (laughs) And then by then someone will get traded. So it'll be all good. Yeah, they'll just have to get mellow. I need the videotape yeah, that... of, of John Wall cussing out Marching Gortat for that for why this occurred. So uh is there anybody out there who you thought, oh man, that's kinda weird that like nobody's picked them up yet? Or a team that hasn't really uh made any moves yet that surprised you that you thought you might. So right now I think all that's left for me um right away is Toronto has said all of their pieces are available. I don't know if they're just being done with it or they're going to roll the dice again. I think they're going to run it back since LeBron's no longer in the conference and you have a coach that's willing to take risks. I think I agree with that, but it's also at the same time, it's like, well, you aren't adding anything except a new coach and that's kind of a hit or miss deal, I think, with the crew they have there. Um, that's a one for me. The other one is for me is what's going on with not Kawhi Leonard, but Ginobili, because that guy's old too. And is he going to retire? Is he going to get traded in a weird Charlotte deal? What's going on with him? There's still some, maybe a little Kemba rumors floating around. Um, still obviously Cleveland, Kevin Love. Kyle Corver needs something to happen there because I think most people agree Cleveland should just start tanking right away. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of big men. Um, Clint Compella, Hassan Whiteside, um, and I guess kind of Miami in general. Um, I think Miami could be a team that if they do enough um, trades, free agents, they can get back into kind of the maybe four to seven spot in the East um, in terms of the playoff race. Kind of surprised Miami hasn't tried to make more moves. I think they're a team that could, you know, give other teams in the conference like matchup problems in the playoffs. I would agree. And then. I guess I want to hear some good news out of Memphis. I think their draft pick has been playing pretty well in the playoffs, or not the playoffs, the summer league, but I want to hear like, oh, we all love each other and we're going to play well this year. I mean, this might be probably one of the worst markets for basketball, I would think. It's pretty rough. I don't believe they've ever really had a big free agent come through. I could be wrong. Uh, you, the biggest free agent, Chandler Parsons. Oh, he's where is he? He needs to be on this Houston Rockets team, dude. 
All he does right. is the Houston Rockets team from two years ago <laughs> when they overpaid him and then Memphis got him. And now that's why Memphis yeah. has sucked the past two years. He needs to come back to the. He needs, they, they, they need to figure out a way of uh, getting Chandler Parsons to come back to Houston. You know, it's so. I think that's pretty much the, the, the general idea of the free agency. But I was watching one of the old. Bill and Jalen's like season preview things from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's one episode where they're comparing the Golden State Warriors to the Houston Rockets. And it still holds up. Like the only thing that's changed is like, oh, Dwight Howard's not there. But like literally almost everything they said could have been verbatim <laughs> applied to the playoffs this year. Houston, I think, is a team. I think they're a lot like the Utah Jazz teams when they had Darren Williams and, and Andre Kirilenko and I think Jerry Sloan might have stole them there. Where it's like, man, this team, it can give everybody else in the conference some problems. It can get to a conference finals. But is this team really good enough to win it all? And I think that's kind of where Houston. Oh, and it's we, like a, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like a, it's like a title window that doesn't really exist. It was last year, was it? And they lost. Yeah, twenty fifteen could have been their year. Last year should their year. Uh, you know, title windows don't usually last for more than five years at the most which is dumb that they aren't even trying to offer clint capella a bunch of money it's like this would be your last chance to run it back i think before you're just like all right screw it yeah and i mean who knows what mike d'antoni's gonna turn cp3 into i mean if cp3 picks up an injury i mean that team's done you know i don't know if i don't know if harden can do it. I don't know if Harding can figure it out to be the absolute best player to overcome like another team. Like he kinda doesn't show up you know at the like in the most in the in the moments that he's needed the most. Well he's had two really bad playoffs that have ended with him getting like thirteen turnovers in the last game. Yeah, like this guy is the MVP you didn't look it in that Houston series uh, or the Golden State series. Like, best player on the court, probably CP3. After that, Kevin Durant. After that, F. BJ Tucker like, needs to be in there before. Like, the MVP didn't even finish. He might not even be one of the top four players in that series. And that was a seven game series. It's it's amazing to me that he'll probably be in the MVP conversation next year again too. Uh I I don't think so. I think uh we might see a bit of a renaissance with the MVP. I think it might go back to a big man. Um right now I would say Anthony Davis LeBron James. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Ben Simmons. I don't. Th- I don't think Ben Simmons. Not until he gets a 
gets a shot. Donovan Mitchell. Uh... What about Giannis? What if Giannis just comes out of nowhere? He's like, man, LeBron's not here. At the conference. But he's got to be Bucks, like number one seed. If the yeah. Bucks get the number one seed, Giannis has to be MVP, right? But you can say that about any star <laughs> in the East that isn't on Boston. Like oh, basically, who, the best player on the best team in the East will win MVP. Okay, good point. Uh, so Boston is another team that hasn't really stayed pretty quiet. Are they just going to try to run it back? Um, and hopefully they're injury free next year. So the only qualm with this whole Boston running back thing is Marcus Smart's up and nobody said anything about what he's doing or where he's going. Why haven't the Lakers gone for Marcus Smart? I think that's You're where everybody wants him to go. Guys who can't play defense, Marcus Smart is your guy, LeBron. He'd be a perfect guy. Perfect alongside and Rondo. I agree. I agree. Like, think about this lineup. Rondo, Smart, Stevenson, LeBron. JaVale. JaVale. And your bench is Ingram, Kuzo, Ball. That's a fantastic, like, rotation. And if, if KCP you're only and Zubats. Yeah, if you're if your seven-game series, that's a pretty solid rotation. I would take that rotation in a seven-game series against anybody but Golden State. I think they could take Golden State to seven. I don't know who doesn't show up. I'd like the only thing I see is they do they do the um the Tony Allen offense where it's just like all right we're gonna leave Rondo open the whole game. No, that's the trick. They don't have enough people to leave open. That's the other thing is you also have Lonzo. Like you have Lonzo and Rondo. You have two of the top eight passers in the league all game. Like you can just stagger their minutes and it's like, oh my god, how do you stop these guys? Like that's the trick is too is, bad. is the is is you can't run Tony Allen offense on everybody at the same time, even though the only person that can shoot on that team <laughs> is LeBron James. <laughs> so it'll literally just be all five people around LeBron. <laughs> It's like exactly what LeBron wanted, right? <laughs> this is going to be amazing to watch. Uh, and with that, the great note, we will leave you for this episode of the Heart and the Pain podcast. Again, we appreciate our sponsor of Nutrigrain for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And uh, next time, we will hopefully get to some of these mailbag questions as well as any of the news going around hopefully we'll get the end of the mellow saga and a couple of these guys we mentioned overall though i am looking forward to next season again get your dallas and denver jerseys now the lebron james laker jersey already sold out so good luck with that one and you could get some discount lance and dwight jerseys right now too so keep that in mind get some tony parker spurs dude yeah get some tony parker swag or you can get a retro one still too um you can find us on SoundCloud at the links provided below. Of course, we love hearing your feedback in the emails or however you like to give it to us for potential mailbag or questions, concerns, complaints, any of the above. And we'll be back uh, later this week with our next episode. 
And we thank you all for watching. Stay safe out there, everybody.